Today on The Breakdown, we know you. We know all about you. You want to be tricked. You want to be fooled. You don't want to know how the, how the magician does it. Well, guess what? We got something for you today. <laughs> because we have Manic Loser against Daniel Smith. But wait, is it? See, that's what I'm talking about. You don't even want to know. But, you do, but you're going to find out. And it's going to confuse you. Anyway, they're playing heads up for a title. It's a $3,100 buy-in event. And let me just say a few things. <laughs> There's $100,000 that they're playing for right now. And who is this Daniel Smith? It's not who you think, or unless you, unless you know who it is. And then it's exactly who you're thinking, of course. But it might not be who you think. It probably isn't. But his name's Dan Smith, and he's heads up with one of the best in the world. Let's get to it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> You know what I think you're, you're opening to when you realize? <laughs> An attribute that you have? Yeah. It's not really that helpful to you, but it's, you know, it's notable. Okay. If you're ever in a situation where somebody's going to summarily execute you, it's not, like, it's not like the government decided <laughs> to do it and it's like handed down by the law. It's like you're in the jungle and there's a gun right. to your head and like it's, it's uh, finally the bad guys caught you and it's like, okay, buddy, it's time. Like the, the, the shot from the woods isn't coming to save you. It's like when Tuco was about to have those two kids killed at the first episode yeah. of Better Call Saul in the desert. Yes. Saul was there and he talks about it. Right, okay, right. Yeah. Exactly like that. Okay. Um, it's like that. I... I think you would last a long time talking <laughs> yeah. before they actually did execute. They would definitely pull the trigger. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you could spend time being like, but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is it the Daniels with you think it is? But wait. But just let me say one thing. I have a few things to say. And you would, you would hold off for a solid two minutes yeah. before they shot you. Yeah. And honestly, you know, when the fall is all that's left, it is very important. And so... In this case, if you were already laying there dead, and I'd be like, well, Grant lasted like 30 seconds before they killed him, so I just got to beat that number. <laughs> you know, One final win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be so, as soon as I like my, I'd be like staring at the clock, I'm like, 31 seconds. Yes! <laughs> you know, and that would be... That'd be a great way to end your life. I mean, you know, might as well go out feeling happy. Yeah, go on they, a win. As they stab you in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they're going to do, whatever horrible thing they're going to do to yeah. you. Yeah. Who who is that quote? I know that's a quote from like some some philosopher. It, no, it's Shakespeare. it's Shakespeare. Oh, it's Shakespeare. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do it right either for sure. Is but it King Lear or something? It might be King Lear. Yeah, uh, but it's I, I was you know somewhere in the the general ballpark right. of, of the quote. It's uh, it's set on the West Wing, uh, right. at one it's, point. And yeah, it's like somebody's incredulous about somebody caring so much about how they're going to die or something or like what they're going to wear when they're dying or something. Some version of that. Yeah. yeah. When, when the fall is all that you have left, it matters an incredible, some matters a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Shut up. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, William Shakespeare. Yeah, you piece of shit. Have you, to... ever, have you ever been killed? Don't tell me about what it's like. I don't believe that either. I understand uh, the equity play that you're making here. <laughs> Like, that's all you have left, so you yeah. might as well maximize equity. But, like, I don't know. I think we have to include some outside factors. We're dying. Who cares? But could you not argue that we're all dying and who cares? Could, you, could one not argue that? You could obviously argue that. So what's the difference? If you've got one minute left or you've got 100 years left, bro? There's a huge difference. Okay. Can you enjoy a delicious dinner in one minute? 
I can mean, you go on the most fun roller coaster in the world in one minute? Can you fly to the country of your choosing, do things for a week, come back in one minute? So you're saying anyone who's poor should just kill themselves? I th- Damn, I fucking turned that on you super hard. I mean, I, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> and yes, that's what <laughs> So listen, poor people, when the fall is all that's left... <laughs> No, of course I'm not saying that. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of things that are culturally considered yeah. to be fun times that would take longer than a minute. Yeah. You know? Sure. No, there's certainly you would have some restrictions, but that doesn't mean to say that, you know, there's, so there's some difference. I, I'm saying there, okay. is, there is no equality there between those two scenarios of having like the, a human lifespan from whatever age you are, say you're 35 to, to the time of dying and having one minute left. There is no... <laughs> there, there's, it's not the same thing at all. Just because it, they each equal one unit of left time. Right, but what, I, what I'm saying, okay, that's completely true, obvious. Yeah. Okay, but what I'm saying is from an emotional slash attitudinal point of view of like how you would approach this final minute, even though you know you're going to die, Yeah. there could be parallels to all of life. You know, we're going to end up on like agreeing with some, some pretty outlandish religious philosophies Uh-oh. if we go down this path. Like, Hardline Buddhism, for example. Do you know what a kalpa is? I sure don't. Okay, here's an example of, of a kalpa, okay. uh, which is a completely un- indeterminate amount of time, but it just means an insane amount of time, basically, and that the universe has existed for so many kalpas. But if you were in the Mojave Desert and you took a grain of sand and you, and you brought it to the Pacific Ocean and you dropped it in, and then you did that with all of the Mojave Desert until it was all in the ocean, yeah. that would just be a tiny bit of one kalpa. Oh. That's how long a kalpa is. Okay. So that's the Buddhist philosophy of time, uh, essentially, of some sects of Buddhism. So through that comes the idea that your lifetime on earth doesn't matter at all, obviously, right? right? So it's all about removing attachment, removing suffering, eventually reaching nirvana. So essentially, that's where you're going here with your argument, right? Is okay, you might sure. as well just not give a shit at all about your life because it's such a minuscule, unimportant thing because it does eventually end is one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is it's a tiny piece of a larger whole. Well, gee, it's weird that you would take, you would go to, you might as well not give a shit at all about your life because, you know, it's a quote about to end based on whatever relative time frame you're on. You could go the other way with that, right? Your life is incredibly important because it's about to end. It's precious and scarce and something to feel really powerful about, right? But that's not where you went because you live in some dark ways, bro. But how are you going to do that in one minute? That's a question maybe for you to answer for yourself. No, you, you answer <laughs> it, please, because that seems to be your argument that you can accomplish it. You're on Shakespeare's side on this one. Yeah, why wouldn't you be able to accomplish it? Like, really? Like, like I do, there's not enough time for me to do what I want to do. That's true anyway. Yeah, but it's less true. But it's still There's true. dimensions of truth. But, but it still is ultimately true, right? So does that mean, since, since ultimately it's true, maybe less so, but ultimately it's still, you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do, right? Like, uh, me too. I would like to be able to honestly jump forward into the future, see what's going on technologically. I'd be kind of into traveling to other planets if it was safe to do so. I'm not going to be able to do most of that stuff. Maybe yeah. any of it. Probably none of it, right? Um, there's always going to be stuff you're just not going to be able to do, and you're going to be aware of those limitations. So either you're okay with that or you're not. Either you feel good about your life or you don't. I think that's that. far too categorical. Well, we're talking about something that's pretty categorical. You have a minute to live. You're yeah. asking, right? I'm ta- I, th- I think it's important to be categorical because ultimately, in this case, if you can figure out how to do it in the macro or in the micro, then you can do it in the other one too. Meaning like feel, feel 
bring in a different kind of an attitudinal perspective rather than like, well, life doesn't matter and everything sucks, basically. Yeah. I mean, attitudinally. Because I'm going to die. I agree attitudinally, but in practice, you just have so, so fewer options. Of course you do. But, but options, all that stuff is really just illusory, isn't it? That's right. This is a fucking poker podcast, and we're not done. Shakespeare is a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, because all these things, like eating a meal, traveling to this place, these are all just things you experience through your own personal filters, through you, you know, through sense, through sensation, right? And that's all stuff that you are then interpreting data that's coming in. So now you're a big hedonist, huh? I, I don't know. Hedonism <laughs> is that hedonism? I mean, if 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 all all things are based on sense and and pleasure is derived from sense alone, then. That, that's basically hedonism. Oh, I'm not saying all pleasures derive from sense alone. I'm saying the things you describe that you wouldn't be able to do or you'd want to be able to do that you couldn't do in a minute, right? Like, these are all things that... It's not so much the experience, it's what you tell yourself about the experience, which is what makes it so incredible. That's not entirely true, but that's mostly true, I would say, for these things. So you're basically saying perspective is reality, man. Welcome to being 15 I'm years I'm saying old. perspective is your reality. Your perspective is your reality. Yes. Yeah. Also... I think, you know, we might be in some really big creature's fingernail. Also, <laughs> which Dan Smith is it anyway? Yeah, you know what? Dan Smith. That was what this... By the way, all of you who've been listening this whole time, you're like, I, this is really fascinating, but also, what does this have to do with anything? Well, you're about to see, because now we're going to explain this now, whole Dan this, Smith this thing. This all has to do with Dan Smith. <laughs> we planned this, you suckers. Yeah, you think... Like we've said before on this podcast, and you suckers believed us yeah. that we don't script this out. Oh my god! Of course, every single word is meticulously scripted. Do you know how many takes we've done? Do you know the thing is, that, and you guys just don't get this. The the skill that we bring, you guys don't even get it. The skill we bring is not. I'm great at talking to Grant, or Grant's great at talking to me. No, we're we two good skills. One is we're great conversational writers. Yeah, and then when we're actually reading. It sound we make it sound like we are the basically among the best actors in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna sort of this localized place of only doing, you know, this and podcast. Each podcast <laughs> takes about I don't seventy two hours <laughs> per ten minutes or so is a, a good I guess. think that I think you're way overstating that, but whatever. It's it's longer than people would think. Yeah. Even if people think we script it and read it, because we are we do script it, we do read it. Obviously. I'm reading this right now, obviously. Yeah. And you're saying it well. Oh, yes, I know. It sounds it sounds spontaneous. There's I know. a lot of meta implications in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> they, as such, and Dan Smith, <laughs> Dan Smith, indeed, not the cowboy hat, not that guy. No, that's Dan Smith. That's Dan Smith. You <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> not Dan. Not this is Daniel Smith. It might be Smythe. It's probably there's not a Smythe. Y. But come on, S M Y T H. How could that be Smythe? He's, he's Irish, I think. Oh, it might be Smythe then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, it's not, it's I think not, it should be Smythe. It's not like one of the top tournament players in the world, Dan Smith, who right. is kind of weird and wears a cowboy hat sometimes, even <laughs> though he doesn't seem at all like a cowboy. I feel um, like Dan, Dan Smith, the kid who wears the cowboy hat, best player in the world type dude, uh, probably is in the ways that he's weird. He's, he'd, be wearing the, he'd be the kind of guy who'd be like, I don't like ice cream. he just sort of say that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And he'd be like, Come on, Dan Smith, shut the fuck up. You know, what are you talking about? You don't like ice cream. My guess on that, Dan Smith, who has nothing to do with this podcast, yeah. is that <laughs> he is very strange and often says things if you're hanging out with him that are just incredibly off the cuff and very entertaining, that are just like mm. stream of consciousness type yeah. things. Yeah, like he, I think he's mostly quiet, but then says something, and most of the time it's kind of gold when yeah. he talks. You think of Dan Smith, and I mean cowboy hat Dan Smith, yeah. if he's listening to this podcast, which ob he is. How could you not? You're welcome. 
everyone. <laughs> uh, you think he's like charmed by us saying these things about him? He's like, fuck you guys. What the fuck? You know, I'm a, I'm gregarious if in, I, internally. I don't know if, if he is the guy that I think he is, then he yeah. would probably not be either. He'd just be like, right. that is about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but we're not talking about that, Dan Smith. No, we're talking about Daniel Smythe. But see, you know, the fall is what matters. Exactly. It's, it will be autumn soon and that will be what matters. <laughs> Right? The autumnal. I mean, it'll be autumn and, and equinox. We've got to get to spring and then yeah. summer and then autumn. And then it will be autumn, will it not? It will. Unless you die in the next minute and then. Well, well it'll still be autumn. You will have, and you will have experienced autumn in the past and right. perhaps in the future. We don't know what happens once you die, by the way. No, nobody actually knows. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone knows, but I don't know. They haven't talked to me, or if they have, I haven't Dan Smith them. might know. Which Dan Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do now. <laughs> is, this, is this a who's on first situation? Yeah. All right. So I think the um, the podcast openings have gotten longer and weirder. Yeah. Partially because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like we used to spend more days together each week and these kinds of conversations would happen off. Yeah. Camera, for lack of a better term, right? And uh, you're still you're not allowed to hear the conversations that happen right off mic. Like those those get us canceled. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we can't say uh, those things. But like. But like we would say stuff like this, but now we don't see each other enough. So we have to get all this stuff out and you guys get to hear it to your either eternal pleasure or sadness. Yeah. That's, that's on you though. As we were saying, you exp- we're just giving you data. You're filtering it through your own fucking yeah, you do your own thing. things and may- feel good about it or don't. Hedonist, that's not on us. Hedonist Buddhist Bastards. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we're going to get to the hand. Okay. Okay. Dan suggested, Smith. Suggested by real up and comer Casper Quack. Yeah, you've been saying that name a lot. Double I, K, Casper Quack. Double K, what up? Nice yeah. one, Casper. Doing well. Of course, suggested on YouTube. We are the Poker Guys on on Twitter. So, yeah. when you suggest a YouTube link or Poker Go link or whatever type of poker link you're going to suggest, do it on Twitter, include a timestamp. We got to know when the hand is. Or we're not going to search through a video. Casper, you're you're killing it. Yeah, you are. Uh, fucking Grant probably wants to put you on Mount Rushmore already because you know how he is, but you're doing very well, Casper. Very well. Hall of Famer now. Hall of Famer, Grant? Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Obviously, you would say that because you don't want to lose any listeners. You're so afraid. Jonathan, you know, we don't have to be like this. (laughs) It's hard to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You just see me in it like you're like a bull seeing red. Like, gotta, gotta insult that guy. Yeah. Even though, as we know, bulls are colorblind. Who knows that? Everyone. They, they, they did an eye test with a bull, and the bull was like, I can't tell the difference between that color flag and that color flag. The bull said this? Yeah. In they English? found a bull who talked. That should have been the headline. <laughs> <laughs> That's more important. Well, you know, maybe not to like matadors across the world who are never going to meet that bull If there's anyway. a New York Times article, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> bull can talk, <laughs> sub-headline 20, it's also colorblind. <laughs> Side note, it's colorblind. Yeah. Yeah. What if it couldn't say that much, though? Then, then what if the only thing it could say was that it was colorblind? Then maybe it would be higher up in the story, the colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of factors that we're not going to get into right now. Uh, okay, fair enough. Let's talk about Daniel Smythe. Yeah, so he, uh, he satellited into this $3,200 event. This is like, you know, elite players are playing this event. In the, on the final table, we've got Manny Gloser. We've got uh, Ryan Reese, for example, mm. and a bunch of people I've never heard of. But, the Resonator, you know, the greatest of all time. Yeah, who is quite good. He is quite good. Quite he, might good. Have, he might have overstated his skill 
back when he was young and it yeah. just won the main event. So like he was having fun, be given for given a little. He said it before the main event. Also, oh, did he? It. I think before the before the before the final table. I think he said, "I'm definitely. I guarantee, I'm going to win." And and when I win, I'll be the greatest of all time. I think is oh, what he said. Okay, but you know, whatever. I think it's kind of great. He's that he good. All the shot. He is really good. Yeah. But anyway, he's not involved. In this. <laughs> but Daniel Daniel Smith or Smythe, uh, he satellited into this event for thirty three dollars. Yeah. And here he is now, heads up for all the money with Manic Loser. And it's a PKO, so they haven't only locked up the money that they get for second and first. They've also locked up some amount of bounties that is kind of hard to derive from reading the internet, but it seems that what has happened right now is they've both locked up over 200K in payouts from the tournament. I can actually tell you, because I have some of this data okay. now, uh, Smith has locked up more than Manic Loser. Smith has locked up about $330,000 total at wow. this point. And Loser's locked up uh, 270000ish And they're playing for around 100K in value, heads up. Yes, based on the whole structure and the PKO. For those who don't know what that is, it's just a progressive knockout. It means the knockouts change over time. It won't matter, actually, here. All that you need to know is the difference between first and second, right. if you care at all, because it doesn't affect strategy when it's heads up. We did a PKO hand where it certainly affected strategy maybe three months ago. Mm-hmm. Worth Big taking, time. Taking a look at, yeah. Big time. But that is not the case here. Um, yeah, so they both locked up a serious amount of money, but they're playing for this final 100K or so, and that's the deal. That's and the deal. And the is, you know... In case you don't know, is a is a big deal. Yeah, he's a very good player. He's tall. He's he looks tall when he he, is, he's even tall. when he's sitting down. Yeah, he looks huge when he's sitting down. Yeah, he he skies over his. It's like German Alex Foxen. He's it, it feels like he's taller and bigger than that, but maybe it's not true. I'll say that from I my mean, one experience of him at the table. He might be. Who knows? He was very tall seeming. <laughs> good. Yeah. Long right. long face. Let's begin. Okay, Daniel. Smith, Smythe. Smith, Smythe, not the famous one, has 35 million in chips, 700K big blinds, so about 50 bigs. Okay. Pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. Got deuces. Deuces clubs, deuces spades. He's going to limp in the small blind. Oops. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe this guy's really good. I don't know. But I if, mean, I'm against Manny, not. if I'm against Manny Glozer heads up, I think I'm forexing the button most of the time, especially if I have a hand. Like, I don't want to increase the stack to pot ratio post flop mm. when I have reasonable hands against a player who's almost definitely better than me. That's fair. I mean, one of the things is you get to be in position. So you, you sort of, you, you lose a little bit of the value being positioned. The, the smaller the stack to pot ratio is. And not the same, say there's at no the same value, point, though, having the pot bigger when you're in position yes. is of value because no position carries massive expected value. No question. It's still got to be better. Yeah. Um, you're almost certainly right that it's better to, to be raising here rather than limping. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, though. It's not surprising at all that the guy who qualified on a $33 satellite is limping heads up. I mean, against, maybe, he's going, the star. maybe he's going for the super high variance thing against Manning, where he's like hoping Manning raises is just going to jam 50 bigs. But wouldn't it be better to raise, let Manning raise, and then jam 50 bigs yeah. over the top? Yeah, but he's probably less, he's, likely, he's less likely to three bet than he is to raise a limp, though. Uh, that's probably true. But it's 50 bigs, as you and I, I'm sure you would agree. Yeah. It feels like way too much right. to jam when you can get put in a really super sweet four bet. Of course, this is a very hard hand to play post-flop. Yes. Which, if you're going to have a limping strategy, this isn't the, one of the worst hands to have in your limping no. range at all. This is an okay hand to have. It is. That's what Daniel Smith does. Yeah. We're going to call him Smith. Yeah, let's do that. No, wait, is this, is this Dan Smith? No, no, not the cowboy hat guy. Oh, okay, okay. Different guy. Okay. 
this guy might be loud. He might be talkative. He might, yeah. We're not sure. <laughs> he might be quite verbose. <laughs> uh, so Manig is in the big blind. He's got 67 million, so yep. almost twice as much as Smith. He's going to check Queen 9 off. Not much to say there, right? Nope. Seems fine. I don't, I don't hate what's going on so far for anybody. I don't hate it either. Yeah. I especially don't hate the link in the description. Really? Why is that? Because it has a nice roundness to it mm. and a buttery mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> That's, huh. Okay. A buttery mouthfeel. So yeah. not a buttery flavor. It's the feel of butter. You haven't heard mouthfeel before? No, of course I have. But buttery along with it is not something you really hear anyone ever. No one describes a mouthfeel as buttery. All right. What's a good adjective for a mouthfeel? First of all, they never really give it an adjective. They just say it has good mouthfeel. <laughs> no, they but, don't. No, they do. But, but no one ever say buttery because the consistency of butter is not something you'd want to feel in your mouth. But right? it implies like a, a smooth silkiness. It does not. Buttery, buttery mouthfeel. <laughs> milky mouthfeel maybe you could go for. Ew. That is so much better <laughs> no, than it's buttery. Not. I'm just thinking of warm butter and like you have to lick it. No one wants that. You don't have to lick it. No, you butter. have to for mouthfeel. That's how they come If you up. want to get mouthfeel. That's how they do rating, mouthfeel ratings. Yeah. This mouthfeel is a, is a pretty gross word. This is an ad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, it's an ad for an online gambling <laughs> website. Of course it is. Nitrogen Sports. I challenge Nitrogen to make a cool commercial out of this for the videos. I mean, they made the thing out of the train. I know. I'm challenging them to, to do the mouthfeel one now. Okay. Good luck with that. Engage yourself in the nitrogen mouthfeel. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. That well, that's what you bad. should do anyway. Even though it doesn't sound good, it yeah. actually is good. Okay. What's some, what's another example of something that doesn't sound good but is good? Oh, that's interesting. Dog, dog poop? <laughs> <laughs> it is good because it's good for your dog to poop or else it will eventually die. I thought we were talking about what you could eat. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about uh, you just, In general. Yeah. Sounds bad but is good. That's a tough one to just like come up with. Yeah, just to come up with. Now, it's crazy because we obviously scripted this too. And yeah, like, yeah. Now but we, it, have to, we have to <laughs> feign consternation. Obviously, there's an answer which we're going to get to. Yeah. And this is weird that we wrote this as part of the script. Yeah, it's but we did. taking so long, especially during the ad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we get to do this. How do we get to do this? This is our job. What the fuck is going on in the world? Well, nitrogen sports is what's going on in the world. <laughs> And if you use the link in the description, you can be happy too. Oh my God. I am happy, Nitrogen. Yeah. I am. Here's the deal. Nitrogen, when you use the link, grants you access to Poker Guys special events. Every month we have an incredible tournament. There are a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. It's a 0.1 millibit buy-in, which at the current price of Bitcoin when we record this is like, you know, $3.50 or so. Uh, so, mm. you know, pretty cheap buy-in. The guarantee is $3,500. It's it's a thousand times the buy-in. They cap the player pool at what, Jonathan? Three hundred. Three hundred players. That means there's guaranteed to be well over two thousand dollars in overlay just sitting there for you. I played it this last weekend. Yeah, and uh, there was uh, like one hundred and thirty players. Wow. So like, talk about overlay. We were swimming in overlay. That is such an incredible deal. It really was. It's always been this good of a deal from the factor of how much of a percentage overlay it is, but with Bitcoin being up and nitrogen having not adjusted the price <laughs> or guarantee of the tournament yeah. at all, it, the amount of overlay for a $3.50 effective buy-in might be more, might be less by the time that you actually listen to this, but something around that probably is, is absurd. 
Yes. It's absurd. Absurd. You have to use the link if you want access to that. Of course, once you're there, there's also sports betting. There's casino games. It's very easy to sign up. And when you win something, it's very quick to withdraw your money. It takes about 90 minutes. Mm. That's pretty great. Same day. That's not really something you get most places. No. No, you don't get it almost anywhere. Yeah. It's really amazing and wonderful, and people should do it. Yep. Get on nitrogen. Yep. Get you some poker. Get you some poker. All right. So we got deuces. Maybe maybe snails. What? They don't sound like they'd be good, but are good. Escargot. Good for, uh, oh, I haven't actually had escargot. Oh, really? It's got to be it's got to be fried and buttery. <laughs> but it's anyway. got, a, got a buttery mouthfeel. It it maybe it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Back to the hand. All right, <laughs> Daniel Smith in the small blind in position now. Post flop has deuces, deuce clubs, deuce spades, manic loser, queen nine, one point six million in the pot. Smith is the effective stack, starting the hand with $35 million. The flop is King Jack Deuce Whoa. with two diamonds. So Smith flops a set of deuces. Manig flops a gut shot with a 10, making him a straight. And a backdoor queen high flush draw. Mm. Manning's going to go ahead and just lead the gut shot. I don't see any issue with this. 1.1 mm. 1. 1 into 1.6, just trying to get the flim flam out of there. Absolutely. I mean, he doesn't really want to get called, but if he gets called, he's got possibly lots of outs. You know, the queen is possibly an out the nine might be an out if he's called obviously a 10 is the nuts no or not the nuts second, the second nuts. nuts but whatever we yeah we, it's effectively the nuts most right. of the time anyway it feels yeah this seems like totally reasonable in a limped pot well smith is going to go ahead and raise do you think there's any argument for not raising here i mean sure there's definitely an argument right the argument is loser's a pro he's going to take more shots more cheap shots on flops than with air yeah um he's going to have a lot of insta folds here and he, he, there's going to be some, some, some percentage of his range he's going to fire again on the turn with, with still air. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is even maybe an example of that. Like, depending on how Smith prices this, if he raises enough, we might just fold out Manig. And uh, if we just call, we might get another bet out of him. Now, of course, the other side of this, and I kind of like raising, to be clear, if I had to pick is we're 50 blinds or so effective here. And like the only way to get it all in is to, not the only way, but it's the easiest way to get it all in, I should say, is to raise sooner rather than later. Yep, I agree with that. I also want to go back to something I said pre-flop, that if I'm Daniel Smith, not Dan Smith, and I'm against Manning Lozer, and I'm entirely sure that I am at a disadvantage skill-wise, and I have this miracle flop, I want to raise now just so scare cards don't come. And like maybe I got lucky, and Manning has a hand he can't fold, or even a hand that he'll three bet. And it's a miracle if I get to get 50 blinds off of Manning Loser right now, because I don't want to have to think later against Manning Loser. Just yes. let me miracle my way into beating Manning Loser instead of having to outplay him. Yeah, right? I think that's good. Also, as we've seen, when you're up against these really, really great players, mostly it doesn't work so great to be deceptive anyway. You know, like I'm thinking about the Kristen Bignell hand we did where she played uh, Dara. Yeah. Uh, I think that was from like a, a week or two ago. Yeah, about two weeks. Um, and we understand why Dara checked his top set there when Kristen also had flopped a set, but that play ended up enabling her to put the pieces together down the road on the river and actually fold in a spot where, had he played it almost any other way, I think they get all in. Yeah. That's, and that isn't really a, a critique of his decision-making. Like, we, we said what we thought about the hand and all yeah. that. I think he's a fine player for sure. Um, but, like, you probably do better against Kristen and maybe against Manig to just play almost a little more straightforward a lot of the time. Now, as long as you have some bluffs once in a while, you got to have yeah. some bluffs here. 
Um, but like trying to be cool and deceptive and raising the river, that's going to be scarier to Manic anyway. Like this is when you're the least scary. The raise right now. Like, yeah, you could have a lot of draws. Yeah, we could have. A, we could be open ended. You could right? just be like, you can't bet into me on the flop. I am the one who wins. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, oh, you also like Manic may decide like, oh, this is an amateur and he's more likely, or I don't know who this guy is. Some version of that he's more likely to be raising with like a whole weird range of maybe top pair and middle pair and stuff like that. If he doesn't know, you know, I don't know. There's I. I think like not giving like by raising now, it's harder for Manning to put the pieces together later if he sticks around in the hand. I agree. It's also a draw heavy board, so yes, that for a more conventional reason just plays into a raise working out pretty well against a player who's going to recognize that. So that's what Smith does. He raises to three point five million, loving it. Cool. So the hand's over. Good job. Let's make more jokes. Now Manning's going to call. Okay. Is this too ambitious? I mean, with two diamonds and a gut shot to the second nuts. It's probably fine, but yeah. it's not amazing, man. Like Dan Smith starts the hand with thirty-five million, and now we've just put in three point five on the flop, right? I mean, like it's there's not a whole. I mean, I guess there's just barely enough implied odds to make this really work out, right? But we're gonna like we're gonna need to hit that ten. I guess the idea from Manning's point of view is like we hit that ten, and like maybe we can get it all, and we can end this thing. Yeah, because we got raised. Yeah, so that that's the other side of it. It's like the implied odds might away. be incredible. The problem is the ten of diamonds may make it so we can't get paid, even if we're good. Yeah. So we have three outs that we're going to feel like we're good on, and maybe we can go to war with him. And mm-hmm. it, so maybe the idea is we call this. It sucks a little bit, and we're going to check fold a lot of turns. Yeah, that seems fine actually. Yeah, it seems fine. I think we should do, that. especially if we think this guy's an amateur, more apt to like not be able to read the board. In this case, attention scare him anyway. But maybe even with the ten of diamonds, maybe we can get like big chunks out of it. Maybe. Maybe. Either way, Manning calls. I don't think we could really fault him too much. No, for I don't. I don't fault him. Pot's 8.6 million now. Okay. The turn is the queen of spades. Intriguing. It's a trickier card for Manning than, you know, hitting a 10 would be a lot easier. Yeah. So Manning now has uh, a pair of queens on the king, jack, deuce, queen, two diamond board. Smith has a set of deuces. Manning's going to check. I mean, some draws did come in. Whatever. But also some two pairs came in. That's nice. Also, we're heads up. Like. We're heads up. So Smith should probably just keep betting. Just keep Stick to the plan. You know, never fold. Hope, exactly. Hope it's all okay. Bet if we get raised, we're like, oh, well, maybe he's raising something that, you know, I'm ahead of. Cool. Let's go. If he has a straight, he has a straight. I mean, the dream is he has king, queen. Yep. Uh, more likely, I would be putting him on a lone king a lot of the time. Sometimes he'll have mm-hmm. a jack, but we can't really expect to get paid by a jack as easily. We're just hoping because Manning decided to bet the flop. Maybe he's got some king that he just won't fold. Yeah, I think he's probably calling with, with his kings when the diamond doesn't come on the turn. And he also could have, like, kings with a straight draw. Like, yeah. mostly king nine, when I say that. Well, what's he doing with his queens? Because Smith bets 5.3 million. Yeah. And Manning does have a straight draw with his queens, but it's, it's really kind of a bad straight draw now. It is, but since, there was, since it was limp-pre, I mean, maybe every hand's being limp-pre. Yeah. But even if that's the case, that means mostly your opponent doesn't have an ace. Right, yeah. like mostly a ten is good. It's po- often we probably would think like a queen or a nine is going to be good a fair amount. A queen we assume is good for us, even though it wouldn't be here. I think we should reasonably guess if we hit a, if we hit another queen, we're good. Um, we should assume like at least three of the tens are good for us most of the time, and a nine is going to be good at least some of the time too. Right, nine shouldn't be able to beat any of the value that's no, absolutely not. Trip queens though should. Not if he bets again. Well, if he bets again, then he's really believing in his. I don't know what you're right because like. King Jack decided to bet the river. Would it really? No, I don't think so. Because it's he's like, oh, now I'm just chopping with every king anyway. Yeah. And 
Am I going to get called anyway? Yeah, he might not bet the river with that. That's true. But we'd be able to win the pot, we would assume, and that's pretty good. Yeah. So you want to call as many. I think we have to. What do you think? I think so, too. It just sucks. I mean, yeah. I wish it was at least a... a well, we, we have the Queen of Diamonds, so never mind. Uh, I wish it was a 10. That's what I wish. That would be easier. Yeah. I think it's, it's close. I think if... We don't know anything about Smith, you and I. Right. If he's actually good and Manning thinks he's good, I think this is a call. I think if Manning thinks that Smith is an amateur, I think this is a fold, not only because of the implication that Smith is likely to be money scared and unlikely to take shots, but also because then it's like, well, is it really worth putting this in in this spot when I could just wait for a better spot when this guy's an amateur and is going to make big mistakes in the future? Mm. Why am I taking marginal spots? Right. I would guess that... From Manning's point of view, he's just thinking like the hand, the amount, my range where I bet call the flop and then check the turn and now he bets. Like the range that's continuing, you just like almost have to keep when you, when you hit a queen, you almost have to keep it in there because it's just like you're, you're folding so many other hands, I would guess. I don't know. You have a lot of kings. You have a lot of kings. That's true. But would you rather have a bad king here or a, or a pair with the queen where you could also make the straight? Like, I'm not sure. I think I'd rather have the queen and, make, and have the straight outs, too. I don't know. I don't know. The fact that we have the queen of diamonds, by the way, sucks. Yes, it does. Really sucks here. It does. And because, like, we can't beat any value unless the 10 comes, and then we're hoping we can beat value. But we probably can, because what, what value? It's like the ace-x of diamonds is the only thing we're Well, we can't beat any to. value if he bets, bets big on the river and the 10 comes. That is probably true. Yeah. Um, but... But uh, yeah, you're right. That that's I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, but like, but like, if a ten comes, like either we can't we can't get any more value, or we can't beat any more value. You know what I mean? If yeah. he bets, where we can't beat value, and if if we bet, he's not going to call almost ever with a worse hand. Right. Right. So it's a kind of a shitty spot. Yeah. In that way, I think you could consider folding because of all yeah, that. Yeah, that's not crazy. But but I guess again, I'm thinking about if man is trying to do anything at all, like protect his frequencies and trying not to be exploited, stuff like that. And if he thinks this kid, by the way, is capable of raising just top pair only, then he's got a lot of outs against that, and it's relatively cheap. Of course, all of his outs are going to be scary, and he's not going to get any value yeah. on the river against almost ever, unless the kid makes the kid is like king nine or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Actually, how does king nine work anyway? Because a 10 comes, right? That's how. Because it goes, nope, that's, they both have the same straight yeah. then. That doesn't even do it. No. Huh. So, yeah, it's not great. But I could see how he, from a frequency point of view, he's like, I just, if I fold this hand, I'm just too expo- exploitable, if, even if against you, an amateur. If you value it over all of your weak kings that have no extra equity. In right. Place. But if you don't, then... I, I mean, if you think you have three outs with the kings and you think with queen nine you've got a lot more outs and you think you're losing either way to the value... It would make sense. I mean, that you're, you're making this assumption that this kid is raising good kings as his value right. mostly, which is kind of a weird assumption to make. Um, I don't know what he's doing. You know, I don't know. Right. I'm doing. just thinking like that's you're going to have to think that way if right to, to logically follow what you just said. Agreed. Which is just not the case for most players having not raised preflop and having raised on the flop. Um, I think it's more of a play though than amateurs going to have. In his we don't. Bag. I mean, I think we may be overstating the amateurness of this guy. Yeah. Also, I mean, certainly some pros are going to raise top pair, especially these days. We're starting to see it. Like Alex Foxen is going to raise top pair sometimes here, for sure. Sure. But I don't think the majority of Smith's range is made up of kings. When he raises. So yeah. what do you think it is? Then it's like... I think it's Jack a lot of draws. Suited? A lot of draws and a lot of two pair plus. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, that would be my range probably, yeah. you know, against Manic Lozier when I race. It would be exactly that, right? Like, mm-hmm. why would I race top pair? Especially when he, we checked the, like, he didn't have to put any money in. He could have anything. Maybe, has, maybe King Queen or maybe even King 10 plus in, if we decide to limp that, maybe we can add that in there. My, I wouldn't do it only because I'd be afraid of getting blown off the hand. Like, am I, as long as I'm going with it, I guess it's fine. Yeah. But I'd be like, do I really want to get 50 blinds in on right. a flop with this hand? I agree. I agree. So I would just call and then like hope to improve and, or, or like just hope to win, forget improve. Yeah. So, so all this to say, I don't know if we should really value yeah. hitting a nine so much. Even hitting a queen might not be that good a lot of the time. Well, I mean, the only way a queen is losing is what? Like, like the situation we're in right now. Yeah, or if the kid already deuces. has a straight. Sure, but there's not too much of that, right? A straight came in, a straight is the gutter that came in. It's like ace jack or jack nine, right? Um, yeah. So possible, but like we block jack nine and ace jack is possible. We just assume he's raising not, that. Not ace jack and jack nine, sorry. That's wrong. Ace 10 and nine. 10. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Ace 10, we, we, as Manning, we might think he's raising sometimes. Fair enough. Nine ten, not the case. Nine ten, he definitely could have limped. Um, but then that would be a surprising raise. Obviously, some people do it, but if this kid is not Alex Fox, and he's less likely to be raising 9-10, I would think, on that flop. I don't know. This is just a shitty situation. I think yeah. I want to fold. I want to fold. I understand that, and I don't think it's crazy at all. I understand why he calls. I think I probably find a call, especially for $5.3 million, where we're getting a pretty good price, too. You know, there's $14 million in there. It's 5.3. It's almost 3-1. to one. Um, It sucks to be out of position, by the I mean, way. You're always getting a pretty good price in poker unless they bet really big. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm saying he didn't bet huge. Yeah. I didn't bet would probably be considered the big end of, of sizing for yeah. a turn bet. I guess that's probably true. I mean, it is a wet board. He could have, he could have bet even bigger. Yeah. But, but you're right. Um, and we're heads up, so it's, it's less of a thing. I don't know, man. I don't think like hitting second pair and folding is a great plan in general. Maybe against this exact, maybe in this exact spot, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. But I don't know that I would think like, it's bad to call when you hit the queen. I think the nine is a much easier fold. Yeah. I ch- I but know. but I, I know what you're saying. I don't, I don't disagree with you. you. You said it earlier, but I'll reiterate it now. Something we haven't talked about for a second is that Manic does have the queen of diamonds in his hand, yeah. which is not good either. Really bad. This, this, that makes me want to fold more than all this other stuff is like having that queen. Like, because the whole point was like, fuck, like I need this kid to have a flush draw, right? Like, don't I basically need to have yeah. this kid to have a flush draw, especially on the turn? Like yeah. on the flop, he can have whatever he wants. In fact, I don't mind him having strong value because I'm trying to like spike a 10. But now I need this kid to have a flush draw and I block it. And by the way, if you had a straight draw, you're now losing to literally all of those. Yes, that's not good either. Um, also, it's we're out of position, and if we improve and we improve to the best hand, we are almost never going to get any more value. Yeah, these are all really good reasons to fold. Yeah, but Manning calls. Yeah, okay, I can see why he would, but I think I want to fold. Yeah, I think I do too, but I really feel like I understand why he calls, and in the and in the moment I think I might call to a lot when I actually hit the queen. Well, this is the moment he's in now. Yeah. He needs a 10. 19.1 million. The Here river was not written down by me. I noticed that. And I was, but I, I found enjoy. it. It's not a 10. I'll it's say a five that. of clubs. Okay. So a total brick, a blank, yep. a nothing burger. That is what it is. It's a nothing burger. You would think it's not going to affect anybody. I guess king five improves to kings and fives, but that doesn't change yeah. anything from Manning's point of view. It might embolden Smith to bet if he somehow had exactly king five. Otherwise, nothing changes. Yep. Manning, going to check. Not much to say there. Have to check. What else are you going to do? Have to check. Here's something Smith does. Is this a good idea? He just goes for the whole enchilada, as the kids like to say in 1997. Mm. 
26.6 million. He moves all in into 19.1 million with a set of deuces. Wow. He's really hoping Manning has kings up here. That's the, yeah. that's the real hope. Or just a king that he's not going to fold. Yeah. Because he's showing, I mean, he looks like he's pretty sticky, right? He called the raise on the flop. He called the turn bet. It was more than half pot turn bet. And now here we are. Still, this is more than a pot size bet. I don't think I would make this play if I was Smith unless I was sometimes, if I was doing this play against him with some frequency or he'd see me do this play with some frequency already, betting more than the pot on the river. So that way he would think it's possible for me to have a bluff here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a desperate flush draw, I guess, but would a, would a desperate flush draw need to go all in? Couldn't it bet 80% of the pot? I mean, if we're giving him credit, then he would do it with a yes. desperate flush draw as right. well. That's, but I'm saying, like, if, as long as he's seen me make this play, then he could think, like, okay, this guy could have a... This guy's more likely to have some bluffs. Whether we've actually had bluffs or not, yeah. it wouldn't matter, right? But if he's seen it happen, then he's less likely to believe. If he's never seen me make this play, bet more than the pot on the river, I'd be very concerned about getting called. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kings Up probably feels like it has to call anyway. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. I think um, it does. Maybe Smith's thought process is that if Manning had a flush draw that missed, he's not calling any amount anyway, so I might as well go for as much as I can for when that's not what he has. What about when he has a king, though, a bad king? Like, I've, I'm afraid we're going to fold out a bad king a little too much with this play. You think if we bet, like, $12 million, we get called, a t- like, more than twice as much? That's what you that's need. a good question. That's what you need yeah. to happen to make it yeah. profitable. I, I don't know. I, I mean, okay, we've got to do it in a vacuum because we don't know what Smith's reputation is, right? We know yeah. Smith's image to Loser and what he thinks his image is. So in a vacuum, does 12 million actually get called twice as much? Against a guy like Loser, it might, actually. It has like, to be more like two and a half times as much yeah. to be profitable versus going on. Right. Then there's also the implications of the heads-up match. Like, it's a big difference in the heads-up match if you get the $26.6 million called versus oh, the $12 that's million a really called. Good point. You, you have a real chance to win this thing soon if you get the $26.6 million called. The other side of it, too, is by instead of betting like pot, by betting all in, you give Manning the opportunity to be like, well, if I call and I'm right, it's over. Yeah. You know, I can end it right now. Right. And that maybe is actually maybe makes it a little more easy to call again. Yeah. You know? As opposed to, like, I can, I can cripple him. That's really different, even though it's Manic, and he, I'm sure he thinks he's better than this kid. I'm sure he is better than this kid. Like, still got to be pretty attractive. Like, I just got to click this button, and it can be over. Yep. Obviously. So maybe, maybe with that all said, actually, maybe then an all-in is a better play than, ha- than whatever, $12 million. Yeah, Manic could just click that button and be like, I'm selling GameStop at 480 Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. I'm, uh, this I'm is done. <laughs> big win. It's a big win, yeah. you know? And from Manic's point of view, he can also be wrong, and it's okay, which is kind of nice. He still have a third of the chips in play. Right? But that's, of course, we're talking about if he has, like, a reasonable king. Right. He's sitting here with queen nine. Yes. Which is a different spot. Yes. This is not a good hand. No. I mean, you can beat flush draws, but you have the Queen of Diamonds, which is not ideal. Well, we could say that the Queen of Diamonds is less of a problem from a blocking point of view because there's a queen on the board. Yes. So, like, we'd assume that the Queen of Diamonds wouldn't be bluffing anyway. Right. Um, so that's good. Of course, the raise happened on the flop, but that shouldn't matter. So maybe the Queen of Diamonds isn't as bad as we're thinking. It's not because as bad of that. anymore. Yeah. Maybe if, maybe if it was the Nine of Diamonds, it'd be way worse than the Queen of Diamonds. Well, we also do block Nine Ten for the straight with Queen Nine. Yeah. That's, that, that's that feels good. like less likely to be there for a bunch of reasons, though, right? Than like the diamond because he raised the flop. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just going to raise the diamond draw so much more often than the straight draw. He can just call the straight draw in position if he wants. I just think he's going to do that a lot more of the time than raise it, without knowing this player at all. I'm saying in a vacuum. I feel like that's just the way people. Well, play. here's the deal. Manic does call it off. Yeah. So that feels like a weak hand to do it with. Yep. 
the straight blocker might have been a factor. Maybe it has to do with his perceived range of, of Daniel Smythe here. Maybe, maybe he thinks, perhaps incorrectly, that pre-flop there would have been raises with any hand like king-queen, king-jack, maybe any king, king-five and king-deuce included. Maybe any pair. And any so pair. Knocks out all the sets. So that leads it down to like, well, then it's basically just 9-10 because he would have raised ace-10 if he's raising those things. King-deuce. Oh, maybe, maybe we're saying no yeah. king, right? So jack-deuce, yeah. which now is shoving the river for more than pot. Seems hard to believe. So Manning's like, do you really, you just yeah. don't have enough value because of that. So you have too many draws. So he has, so this kid has to have been raising pre a lot of the yeah. old raising his good hands pre and suddenly he decides to limp maybe he's limp maybe he's raising most pocket pairs but limping the baby ones you know maybe. So we, we see some some players do stuff like that and so man and manic doesn't know that he that's, just assumes it's all pocket pairs that's just the only theory i've come up with as to why you might call if you're manic loser here but i don't know what else it would be if you're thinking that way it makes a lot of sense to call yeah even though like queen nine is not great you'd much rather have queen ten with the ten of diamonds that's yeah. like the ideal blocking hand right um the ten of diamonds is the best like blocking card in the world basically right well Um, isn't that kind of bad you don't want to have diamonds you do not but (laughs) you oh right you're right so it's queen 10 off yeah sorry the the 10 of not diamonds yeah you want no you're completely right my bad my bad yeah i forgot it's okay it's confusing life is hard (sighs) at least fall is all that matters at least it'll end eventually (laughs) Fall is all that's left (laughs) it matters a great deal so do you have any other other theories besides what i just kind of ramshackled together I mean, the, o- the only other thing is, uh, if as Manic, you know this kid is, is actually really careful. And so when he makes really big bets, he's highly polarized. So yeah. you're just like, this goes sort of back to what you were saying, though. Some version of like, so it's really hard for him to have a strong hand. Or he's just incredibly bluffy. Maybe he's just incredibly bluffy. Well, then you should call. Yeah. You should call the turn for sure. And you're like, yeah, I engineered this to call the river. It's fine. Like, well... So there's there's definitely circumstances where this is fine yeah. to call. It in a vacuum it feels like mostly how can you call? We'd have to know more about Smith to really know what Manning was yeah was doing here. Yeah, without but in a vacuum, I never played this kid before. This is a fold, I think, pretty easily. Yeah, it's I like agree. a super easy fold and probably fold the turn. Like I agree. You were saying. Well, ultimately they did battle for a while longer, but Smith did end up winning. Yes, Manning actually takes the lead back and still loses this tournament to this kid, which is you know. A little surprising, right? A little surprising. A little surprising. The kid so maybe wins. the kid's got some moves. Maybe the kid's good. Maybe the kid's good. The kid ends up uh, at making like 415K plus the $15,000 like tournament buy-in extra package thing as well. It's pretty nice good. Nice deal. Manning makes like 280 or something. Which That's is, nothing. <laughs> it's a goddamn joke and yeah, you should be ashamed. I hate it. When second place is all that's left. I'm too sad to continue podcasting. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.